Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. How's it going, everybody? It is another day of the NHL DFS strategy show. We've got a game that already started. And then we've got a uh, main slate that's starting at 3 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, hopefully we'll get all four games in this time. Uh, maybe if we can avoid the five overtimes, uh, we might have a, a full four gamer. But, uh, you know, you got to dust off those five OT models if you really want to compete in NHL DFS these days. Uh, what a game that was last night, Cliffy. I loved it. And... You know, like Mike Milbury was obviously complaining about the overtimes. I think he just didn't want to work, which, like, that's kind of relatable. Like, he just wanted to go home. I mean, he doesn't get paid extra for extra overtimes, right? Um, But it's just cool watching history. Like, I remember watching that Penguins-Flyers game 20 years ago that went to four overtimes. Um, I was in high school, like, just staying up till, I don't know, when it would have finished, 2 o'clock in the morning or something like that. So I remember watching that game. So now, you know, being able to remember watching this game is – pretty special too it's the one thing that bugs me is just putting the whistles away right like yeah. there's two penalties the entire in five overtime periods and there is probably a penalty a shift and like if they start calling penalties i know they don't want to decide it but you are deciding it by not calling penalties right not yeah. calling penalties is a choice so yeah that's what i always think that. too like i've heard smart people say that it's like oh you gotta let the players decide the game well you're you're deciding the game if you're not calling a, an obvious penalty that could exactly. potentially give a penalty shot. Like the, you know they they instituted all those rules like obstruction and all that to make the game faster, more goals, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And then it's like they just ignore them when the playoffs come. So, like I kind of get the Leafs' argument. I forget who it was. It was one of their players talking about, or not one of their players, one of the writers talking about how the team is built for the regular season because it is. Um, it's built for speed. It's built, you know, for transition, et cetera, et cetera. It's not built to get mauled in the corner every shift. <laughs> right. Um, and that's just what happens in playoffs. And it's unfortunate because it does take away some of the skill component of the game. Yeah, well, hopefully we won't have to deal with, with five overtimes um, unless you're looking to stay up till 3, 4 a.m. Because uh, that's what it probably would have ended up being if Boston – like, I don't know how long it takes them to turn around, get the the – old team out of the locker room they have to clean i'm assuming very thoroughly get the new team in start warm-ups then you're like a half hour away from puck drop yeah they said they are saying it's a 90 minute turnaround to get everything clean and sanitized and then you figure 30 minutes for warm-ups and all that so you need two hours so like (laughs) you know even if they start that game right after you know if they start the cleaning everything right after 
Yeah, they're playing till sunrise. Yeah, and that was that was the East Coast game too. So I was thinking, you know, they're fine. They started the Wild Vancouver game at uh, eleven Eastern, but there it was it was a what was that eight p.m. start? So it wasn't anything ridiculous for the people actually working. But yeah, that that would have gone on uh, forever. It would have been a long day. It already was a long day. They basically got two games worth, over two games worth, uh, in one. So. Today, we'll take a quick look at lineup study, but wanted a quick shout out to Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the presenting sponsor of the NHL Strategy Show. Uh, Yahoo's now making it easier to play multiple lineups. You see, I got my entries in here, made them. Uh, I'll go back and edit if uh, there's any changes, maybe a surprise uh, a guy that's in the lineup, maybe some John Carlson or something like that. But Yahoo's making it easier to play multiple lineups um, in all sports with the CSV edit. Uh, if you guys do want to join on Yahoo, if you sign up through our promo code, promo code Osmo, you can get up to 30 bucks in Yahoo Sports Rewards Points. Yahoo Sports Rewards Points is essentially cash to play DFS with. Um, so go support them. They've got some golf contests. They've got uh, MLB, NBA. They're going to have some big NFL contests, and they're running some guaranteed overlay. Or I'm sorry, not guaranteed overlay. They're running some – well, they have run guaranteed overlay in the past – quite a few times but they've got some no management fee contests the next best thing for pga 25 cents and that's filling up really fast so if you want to get in that you want to practice some pga on yahoo um you're gonna have to get in that now they've also got a three dollar let's see it's a 10 max so i should get in that because i am miserable at pga dfs and for whatever reason i keep trying it um but use the tools on the site and you might have a lot more success than me especially if you're playing a no management fee tournament Lineup study from yesterday. It, it's not the great greatest slate to study, uh, just because we had one game go forever, and all these guys were accruing way more points than they would have if it was even like a one OT game. Um, is there anything you, you kind of take away from last night, like, or do you just kind of flush that slate down the toilet? I mean, there's nothing you can really do with it, right? Um... You kind of look at the way the ice time is divvied up and see, uh, you know, who was favored as the games were on. Like, you look at Columbus's fourth line, almost all of them, I think all of them played under 20 minutes. When you consider the game went, what, uh, <laughs> 160 minutes or yeah. something like that. Like, you can tell that that fourth line isn't very useful. So that's kind of an in indicator to us that, you know, sometimes we do like to throw in third and fourth liners as one-offs, mm -hmm. um, super cheap punts. Um, just, you know, it's the way roster construction goes. So sometimes you m might want to look for guys um, on fourth lines sometimes, not often, sometimes. And it seems pretty obvious Columbus has no intention of using their fourth line uh, to any serious degree. So, like, you can take stuff like that out of it. I think another thing is to realize how infrequent some events can be. Like, I think Liam... Foodie was sitting on four shots for since the second period. And I think Zach Bogosian, um, because he, I had him a lot as a punt defenseman, I think Bogosian was sitting on two blocks from the second period on, or at least the third period. So, like, it's pretty easy to go five or six periods <laughs> without a shot or a block. Just ask Cam Atkinson. So, um, that's probably all I would take away. Like, it, it's in a historic game. Like, it's yeah. not something you can plan for or prepare for, not something you can project moving forward. It's just something really cool that happened. And just, I also want to, we give DK a lot of guff. Um, I do, yeah. especially on Twitter about, 
um, the way they handle things. They uh, they made everybody whole last night, so everybody was free rolling. So I just want to give a shout out to DK for doing that because they didn't have to. It's not strictly in the rules. So uh, thanks for that. It kept your hockey fans happy. Yeah, uh, you know they they haven't been uh, super supportive of their NHL DFS product. You know I'd like to see some bigger contests, but yeah, really cool. Uh, that DK, when everyone was wondering what was going on, ourselves included, uh, they just said, well, you can edit your lineups, but you're, you're free rolling for tonight. So it helped me. I was going to lose quite a bit of money last night, uh, as you, I'll, I'll show you guys quick on lineup study. But the winning lineup in the the 20K winning lineup uh, was a Tampa 1 Sergachev uh, stack who was on and off the top power play from what I saw. So he's listed as power play two here but he played some with the top unit as well uh point kuchov palat sergachev vasilevsky five man tampa stack if you include the goalie rasmus anderson one off uh 1.7 percent ownership had almost 17 dk points and then just a basic full stack for not the not the chalkier vegas line but a chalky line nonetheless uh the stastny marsh so and smith uh line and vegas took care of business late last night quick show mine let's see my best lineup was 38th uh you see how much i i would have taken a hit there i think i would have lost about half of my entry fees maybe a little bit more so uh i'm feeling pretty good about dk today let's, let's go fill some contests over there i know they're not the sponsor but after you fill up yahoo um go over to dk and maybe we can get some even bigger nhl contests to play Let's talk about uh, these four games. Let's start with the Islanders and the Capitals. 2.6 implied total for the Islanders. 2.8 for the Caps. Varlamov and Holtby are going to be your goalies. Uh, as Boston 1 gets a full-line goal, apparently, in the other slate, that's that's really too bad. I had a bunch of them. Um, obviously, I had to swap off. But here, the big piece of news that... I'm waiting for is is John Carlson going to play? We're going to know this before the the slate starts. Uh, I think he's going to. He's a game time decision. My thought is that he's going to. I'm going to uh, build my lineups like he's playing, and then at 2:30 Eastern or a little bit later, you'll know. And uh, I don't think there's any anything wrong with making your lineups like he is going to play, and then adapting if need be. Uh, you want to talk about the the new caps lines here that we saw? Yeah, that's one thing to mention, too, on top of John Carlson game time decision. I agree with you. I think he does play. Like, I think he was practicing before the round robin even finished. They're just being secretive with it. So I'm, that's what I'm assuming. Um, last game, they switched their lines um, at the start of the second period. And they went to a top line of Ovechkin, Backstrom, Oshie, and a second line of Vrana, Kuznetsov, and Wilson. So... That's going to do a couple things. I think that's going to drive a lot of ownership to the top line because that entire top line's on the top PP unit together. Um, it's a line that's very familiar. Ovechkin always carries a ton of ownership. I think our ownership projections has that line as the highest owned line um, on the slate. So I would expect a lot of ownership there. Uh, the thing is, is that that line was good this year, but the Brenna Kuznetsov Wilson line at five on five anyway was really good offensively. Mm -hmm. And that's not really surprising because Netsov and Brana have typically put up good to great offensive numbers together over the last couple of years. I know Kuznetsov struggles at, has struggled at times and Brana has taken the spot on the top PP unit because of it at times. 
Um, but they just seem to have good chemistry in the offensive zone. Obviously, when you have a wrecking ball like Tom Wilson, um, it can clear up a lot of space for you. So um, I do like that second line. They'll come in at considerably lower ownership. I just I'm having a tough time not at least getting to some Washington one. That's just really what I'm struggling with here is because I think if Washington puts up a DFS you know, uh, tournament winning score, it's hard to see the power play not being a big factor in that. So maybe you want to do Kuznetsov, Rana, and, and throw in Ovechkin or something like that. Get additional exposure to the power play. You still have Rana. Maybe you want to throw in Wilson on the other side or something like that because sometimes Wilson is the next man up on the power play if Oshie gets hurt, so on and so forth. So maybe you want to um, do a uh, kind of like a broken power play stack and add in Rana or a broken power play stack, add in um, uh, Wilson or something like that. That's probably the way I'm going to attack it. I haven't had time to make my lineups yet. I'm going to do that here soon. So I'm going to try to focus more on the power play and mixing in some of the line mm-hmm. two guys. Cause I really do think that second line um, is probably is better at, at, uh, at offense at five on five, certainly not on the power play, but certainly at five on five. So that's kind of the direction I'm going to go here. Now, the interesting thing on the flip side for the Islanders is if you look at the ice time from their playing rounds, the second line, Beauvillier, Nelson, and Bailey, um, not only were they playing on the power play together, they're getting more minutes than the top power play unit. Like Devin Taves played over a minute more per game on the power play than Ryan Pollock did. Um, that second power play unit was actually getting favored ice time. And Ovechkin, or Brana, Kuznetsov, and Wilson, as good as they were offensively this year, they weren't that good defensively. Um, and I think that second line for the Islanders, you know, the, I think the top line is going to get some ownership because I think the secret's kind of out on the Cavs that they're not that great defensively. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that second line is going to carry a lot of ownership. Uh, they come in really cheap. They're a little over 12K. So if you want to stick them in with one of the expensive stacks later in the night, like uh, Vancouver's Pedersen line or Colorado's top line or something like that, um, they afford you to do that. And like I said, they have perfect power play correlation. Um, and they were, they were good together this year. They're above average offensively. Um, I think Brock, Brock Nelson had to like 25 or 26 goals. Like he had a nice season, Anthony Beauvillier, um, he has 21, 18 and 18 goals over the last three years as a 21, 22, 23 year old playing for, you know, one of the worst offensive teams in the league. Like he's really good as well. So. Um, I do like that Islanders second line a lot today. I don't have a problem if people want to go to the top line. I just I want to avoid the ownership, and I think the power play um, ice time kind of tells the story here that Trotz isn't going to play favorites. It doesn't matter um, who's getting paid or who's the number one center, quote-unquote. It's whoever's playing well, and that second line was playing well, and I think that's why they were getting the ice time. So put me in on, on the Islanders second line of Beauvillier, Nelson, uh, and Bailey, and I'm gonna have, also going to have a fair amount of Washington – I'll, I'll call them broken power play stacks. I'm going to stick in some some Vrana and some Wilson and, and maybe just flat out some Washington two stacks in there. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot to like, as you kind of pointed out. Uh, the one thing that I kind of don't like, so I, I, I agree with what you said about Washington too. I mean, I guess I don't agree. Like the stats show that they're, they're just good uh, objectively at five on five. Um, they're coming in pretty popular for us, like one of the more popular filler stacks, I guess you would call, in this 15K range. Um, and I don't – I mean, maybe they'll be a little bit lower than what we have, but I thought they were going to be sneaky, and it doesn't look like that's really going to be the case. So I think um, – I, I like the Islander side as well. I just love the Barzell line in general. Good numbers. I think they get a good matchup regardless of if they try to match Backstrom against 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Them, I mean, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah, if yeah just... That's just one thing I want to quickly mention. Sorry to cut you yeah, off. No, is that good. I don't think it really matters for Washington which top two lines you're matched up against. I'd actually rather get one of the top six matchups than get matched up against their third line. So for sure, um, yeah. So they're, they're going to yeah. be on the ice against. Uh, they're going to be in at least a, a solid matchup um, whenever they're on the ice, and they do a great job of generating chances, full power play correlation. You'd like their minutes to be higher, like you'd like them to to play a little bit more. Um, especially in close games, but um, they're playing enough for me to at least uh, consider them as one of my favorite stacks. So right now I actually have the Islanders top line as my second highest exposed uh, on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, they are, it looks like second as well. So I have a ton of exposure on, on everything that you, you outlined in this game, Washington won, uh, some Washington too, but it's limited a little bit uh, on FanDuel and DK because they're coming up a little bit popular for us. And then um, I like both of the Islanders' top two lines. I mentioned the top line, but I'm not forgetting about the second one uh, either. They get perfect power play correlation as well. Um, yeah, this this looks like just top six against top six. I, I'm hoping for a lot of goals and maybe one team – uh, a lot of shots, a lot of goals, and uh, maybe one team has a goalie that performs pretty well here. Maybe Holtby seeds a bunch of volume, and you know the Caps, one of their lines gets there. So um, I like stacking up one side of this game. I don't know that you necessarily need to game stack it, but I think there's a lot of ways where this one can uh, can be in a winning lineup for uh, for both sides. Yeah, I this is probably isn't a game I would game stack. The Islanders are fairly good defensively. Uh, it's just, you know, you mentioned that this isn't really a great spot for Washington, but when you look at the rest of the slate, there's only really one good spot, mm-hmm. I think, and that's Colorado with Arizona. Like Montreal and Philly, Montreal's a really good five-on-five team. Uh, Philly has been playing, was playing really good at the break. They looked really good in the round robin. Um, Carter Hart looks like he's blossoming into one of the top goalies in the world like that's not a good matchup and then you have vancouver st louis like vancouver's a good matchup for st louis but on the flip side st louis is one of the best defensive teams in the league so you know i know this isn't a good matchup for ovechkin and company but it's just pretty much bad matchups across the board except for colorado um so i you really don't have a choice in the matter yeah there's just not like you said not that many good spots um and they're pretty affordable uh, everything in this game so i like it i'm going to take advantage of it and then uh hope to get a little bit different with my goalies and uh defensemen here now you mentioned Tay's played some more time on the power play than pulak uh over a minute per game more than pulak that's a lot yeah um i don't have a ton of either of those guys uh do you think Tay's is going to be on the top unit or is it going to be pulak still do you think I think it'll still be Pulak on the top unit, but they have been using Taves kind of on both. 
um, at okay. times. Taves has been on the first, been on the second. He's been mostly on the second, though. But like I said, that second unit, even the forwards have been earning more ice time than the top unit. Yeah, that's definitely a concern with Pulak at 5,500. Um, and I, I'm going to have a bunch of Carlson. Uh, like these, even the guys in the first game, I can't remember who it was. It was last slate or the slate before, maybe the Sunday slate or the Saturday slate. Um, like these top defensemen, they get ruled in late. They're just not owned at all. So Hedman, Hedman was what four yeah, percent oh, yesterday. That's what, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah he was four percent yesterday. And Sergeyev was like nine. Like Ryan McDonough was like seven. Yeah, and so like yeah, Hedman wouldn't have had twenty eight points or whatever he had, but he he was still having a really solid game even going into the second period. So um, Carlson, one of the highest upside defensemen, as we saw a number of times uh, during the beginning of the season when he was just unconscious. Uh, I mean, I'm all over Carlson. If he's yeah, in, like, I'm assuming he's going to be. Yeah, if that power play goes off, the big reason it's it's him and Ovechkin, right? Like Carlson's his setup guy. So, um, yeah, I would be getting quite a bit of Carlson in today if possible because I think we're gonna not. I don't think we're gonna see four percent ownership like yesterday, but I think it's gonna be low again. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, I think that's good for this game. I'm hoping. There's a pretty nasty storm going on outside my house. I hope we don't lose power or anything because I am producing this. But okay. uh, that'll be – so if, if we if we cut out, um, that is going to be why. It's not because I needed to get off the stream or, or do anything important. There's nothing more important <laughs> right now than NHL DFS. Of course. All right, let's go to the Coyotes and the Avalanche. 2.4 implied total for the Yotes. 3.1 for the Avs. Kemper and – is it going to be Grubauer or Francis? Uh, I, I assume it's Grubauer. Yeah, that's who I have in, in the projections, but we're showing Francis. Maybe he's probable on another site. Um, anyways, going to be an expensive goalie regardless. I think we're going to be on the same page in this one. Um, Arizona, even though they did win, they were giving up a ton of shots, specifically to that Nashville top line. Um, what are you doing with this one here? Yeah, I mean, Colorado one is, it's they're pretty easily my top projection today. Um, like you mentioned, Nashville's top line ran all over them. Um, they they hit some posts. Kemper played well. You know, with hockey stuff happens. But mm-hmm. if Colorado does the same thing to them, um, I don't think Arizona's going to have a very good time in this series. Uh, so yeah, uh, like I've I'm probably going to have like one third Colorado one slash Colorado power play stacks. Like I'm going to have a, uh, just a ton of Colorado. I mean, it sucks to eat the chalk, but sometimes it's chalk for a reason, right? Like this is just a really, a really, really good spot on the flip side. I would mention that that also makes it a good matchup for Kemper as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will definitely have some Kemper in my non Colorado lineups, but um Colorado going up against that Arizona top line like Phil Kessel up against Nathan McKinnon just won't even be close so um do love Colorado one thing I want to mention is that uh the like the Washington Islander series we're expecting the matchup line matching to go one two three line one line two line three Colorado does it a big a bit different uh Buddy at the Dauber Hockey that I write with, Adam Daly Fry, runs uh, a line matching sheet that you can subscribe to. If anybody wants it, um, you can, I can put you in contact with him and subscribe there. Um, 
Colorado's second line of Kadri, Nachushkin, Landeskog typically takes the third line from the opposing team. Hmm. So that means Stepan, Connor Garland, and Clayton Keller are going to be going up against the third and fourth lines from Colorado. That's interesting to me because the third line from Colorado, like Don Scoy is good offensively. I don't think he's very good defensively. Confer's like maybe average. And Burakovsky's good offensively, not good defensively. Like I think if there's a place you can attack Colorado – and find some success. It's against that third line and maybe even the fourth. Um, and if that second line from Arizona sees a fair bit of them, um, I think they could find some success, some success in this game. So um, to just not give you the diatribe of stack Colorado one, um, I am going to have some Arizona two. It'll be part of a game stack I have with Colorado. I'm going to have them in probably with my Washington power play stacks or whatever. Um, it's just, it's a line that comes in under 12 K they looked really good against Nashville. Um, at least Connor Garland and Clayton Keller did. Like Clayton Keller looked like a completely different player from the last two years. Um, Connor Garland looked, I don't know, he looked like Connor Garland normally does, but Keller really popped out to me. So I do like that line. I'm going to be on Arizona too. Like I'm not going to have a ton of them. They'll probably be in three of out of 20 lineups or something like that, but I expect that to be way above the market. Um, I'm going to have a lot of Colorado, Colorado power play. I noticed Rantanen's prices jumped up just a yeah. little bit. Um, so it is getting expensive. So you are going to have to find them with filler stacks like we talked about. Um, I've noticed that Grays and, and um, Eric Johnson are getting really expensive as well. Um, that makes me want to go to Sam Girard. Sam Girard played a lot of minutes. I believe he played the second most minutes of any Colorado defenseman in the round robin, maybe the third. Um, but he's a really good puck mover. Um, he'll play the second power play unit for them. Um, so I do like Sam Gerrard. It's kind of like a, you know, get away from a car, be different type play. Um, mm -hmm. On the Arizona side, believe it or not, Alex Goligoski led their defenseman in ice time per game against Nashville, not Oliver ekman Larson. Mm -hmm. um, and Goligoski was actually uh, running the second power play unit, not Jacob Chikrin. So I think Alex Goligoski is probably one of my top defense plays on the entire slate today. Now, I'm not going to run out and say, you know, go put 40% Alex Goligoski in your lineups. What I am saying is that in lineups where I need that defenseman in that mid 3K range, he's at the top of my list. So I do like Arizona too. Um, Connor Garland, um, Derek Stepan, uh, and Clayton Keller. I do like Alex Goligoski as a one-off defenseman, or you can even throw him, throw him in with your Arizona stat because he does play the power play with them. Um, and I obviously love everything about Colorado's top line, Colorado power play. Um, you could even go down in the second line if you want. Did did you uh, did you talk about Arizona one? Did did you say that they were going to get matched up against the Cadre line? Yeah, the, okay. yeah, no, they're gonna they're gonna, probably gonna take the top line. Oh, I see. Got uh, against McKinnon, but even like it's still not a very good matchup. No, um, I'm like I'm probably gonna stay away from the Arizona top line because I think anybody that does try to be contrarian and go with Arizona will probably go there. Uh, think our, our ownership uh, rankings kind of bear that out yeah they're um, they're a little bit more popular than i like talking about arizona one yeah um, we have them over 10 percent and more owned than washington two that we just talked about yeah yeah oh and, uh on DraftKings, i think i was looking for fanduel for yeah washington on DraftKings. and arizona <clears> two <throat> we have them we have them under five percent so i think that's kind of that's one of the filler stacks i'm gonna look for. yeah I, I like the pivot to the second line here save little bit of money especially if you're going with some of those caps in the first game or if you're trying to jam in Petrangelo or Philly's top line or something um I like the call on 
Arizona two, uh, Arizona one, I think is kind of the, the example of, well, and there's a, there's a couple examples, uh, Montreal one, Arizona one, like they look good from just a raw point projection. When you factor in the totals, um, they just look like a good value. And I think that's why you're, you're seeing them with probably more ownership than they should, uh, because the matchup isn't very good here against Colorado for this Arizona top line. So they're going to be a line I target more um, when they get the last change because then they'll, you know, they'll obviously have better matchups or what they perceive as better matchups. Um, McKinnon's popular. Uh, Rantanen's popular. Nemestikov is going to get left off some. I'm going to have some full stacks. I'm going to have some full Colorado power play stacks um, with Landeskog and Kadri, McKinnon, Rantanen, and Kale McCarr. Um, it gets pretty expensive pretty fast, but there are some like uh, two-man third-liner uh, stacks that I think are viable um, in some of these other games. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I like Colorado. I don't know if they're they're popular, and it seems like I'm kind of with the chalk, but I just hope that my lineups are at least somewhat unique. Um, that's the only thing I'm worried about when playing McKinnon pretty much always. He's, he's awesome. You can play him as a one-off if you'd like. Can play McKinnon, Rantanen. You can pretty much do anything with this Colorado top six for me. So, um, just another another game that's chalk. Another team that's chalk that just should be, in my opinion. So I don't see a real reason to get off. It's not like they're forty percent or anything like that. Um, it's a four game slate, and they're going to be fifteen twenty percent as a full stack, and that's perfectly fine with me. Anything else you want to mention here? Oh, I didn't yeah, notice just, the Goligoski thing. So, yeah, the Goligoski. Yeah. yeah, just the last thing I want to know is this, I just sometimes I like to watch line movement. Um, it's gone from minus 180 Colorado last night to minus 167 Colorado today. Mm-hmm. So, the Arizona side's getting hit. So, I don't want to say we're going to get lower Colorado ownership than we expect, but me, cross our fingers, it's under 20%. So I think I if doubt. you add in Domestikov. Like yeah, McKinnon Rantanen is probably going to be over twenty percent. Those two guys, but I just look at the full stack uh, when I'm full stacking at least. So, Mestikov might be under ten, even if those guys are over twenty. Um, and then I wouldn't worry about it. Like if you're going McKinnon Rantanen and Kadri or Landeskog or something like that, you're already going to get a, a unique lineup construction. So, I'm not too worried about it. Um, having kind of the third wheel guy, Mestikov isn't the worst player in the world for thirty eight hundred either. Uh, McCarr and Graves. Uh, I'm targeting Graves more on FanDuel. Uh, and then McCarr right now, he's my highest non-John Carlson defenseman. So hoping our ownership is close on McCarr. It looks really good. I, I'm fine using him as a one-off or a two-man with McKinnon. Uh, I just like him a lot for 6K and can afford him in a lot of my lineups. I think that's good for this game. Arizona defenseman outside of Goligoski, who's just playing a ton of minutes. I don't have a ton of interest in uh, Ekman Larson, Chikrin's okay. Um, the minutes are just kind of hard to project for these guys. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I'm probably just going to have mostly Goligoski just because. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Most of my Arizona is going to be Arizona, too, and he's their defenseman, so I don't think I'll have much else other than Goligoski from them. Uh... Oh, did, did we mention Kemper? I can't remember. 7K. Yeah. Can I see a lot of volume? Yeah. He's he's probably going to be my, like, I think he's going to be my second highest goalie. Makes sense, even if you're playing a lot of Colorado to, to have some exposure on the other side. It's a wide range of outcomes uh, for Kemper tonight, which is exactly <laughs> just what ask Cor- Just ask Corpusello. Yeah. I don't know if he, we can project him for like 84 saves, but I think he might get to 59, 60 or so. Uh, maybe maybe viable in your in your cash games or something. Canadians and the Flyers two point five implied total for Montreal two point nine for Philadelphia. Carey Price and Carter Hart are your goalies. Um, what are you doing with Montreal one here? I'm interested to to hear your take. Can we play them against? I think it's going to be the Couturier line. Yeah, it's they're going to be matched up top line mm-hmm. versus top line. Um, it crossed my mind that maybe Gallagher and Tatar probably have a little shine worn off of them because they really didn't do anything in that Pittsburgh yeah. series, right? It was all Kakaniemi and Suzuki and all those guys lacking in. So maybe Montreal wine comes in lower than we might expect. Um, the one thing that worries me is there has been a good amount of line movement. Montreal was plus 142 last night. Um, right now they're sitting at plus 131, so they're getting bet up a little bit. So maybe there's going to be more ownership on Montreal um, than we might expect. A uh, little note on the Phillies lines. We're not for sure, but it looks like Jake Voracek's going to be back in the lineup. Like, I'd assume he's going to be back in the lineup. They're saying uh, Bonneman's going to be out. But it's a question of what that does to the power play because James Van Riemsdyk is going to be back in the lineup, and he played on the top power play unit quite a bit this year. Joel Farabee is presumably going to stay on the top line, but that's not for sure. And he was on the top power play unit in their last game when Voracek was out of the lineup. And Voracek had been on the top power play unit for their first two round robin games. So there are three legitimate contenders to be the fourth forward on that top unit, and we don't know who it's going to be. So I don't know how people want to attack that. I'd say the least likely is Van Riemsdyk. and then maybe it's just like 50-50 between Voracek and Farabee. So my assumption is that it's going to be Farabee. That's kind of what I'm operating with is that Joel Farabee is going to be on the top line, top power play unit. But I think it's one of those cases where, you know, we could see the second or third power play. If it does, if things don't go well, then Voracek's right back up on the top unit. So I don't mind something like Couturier, Giroux, Voracek, even if Voracek starts the game on the third line or something like that. Like that would be completely fine to me. Yeah, I, w- um, I was wondering about that. Uh, if you thought it was actually going to be fair, be sticking around if, assuming Voracek was uh, going to play here. Yeah, I'm a, honestly, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see Voracek slide to the third line, Fairby mm-hmm. stay where he is, and Van Riemsdyk go to the fourth line. Okay, so and then Van Re- Yeah, and then Van Riemsdyk will just pop in on the second power play unit. Maybe he'll be on if they need a goal in the final 90 seconds or whatever. So. I'm assuming Farabee top line, top power play, but that's just an assumption because we won't get uh, final confirmation. Um, this is a really tough matchup uh, for both sides, but 
I kind of like that Philly second line. Um, they they did work in the round robin games. Um, I believe Lawton had a two goal game and Kevin Hayes had three assists or four assists or something like that. So um, they did well. Uh, we have the Florida or Florida, the Philly second line matching up against the Montreal second line, and that's with. Uh, Druan and Armia. Uh, <laughs> Druan, my arch nemesis, scored uh, in their third game last round. He had one good game, but he hasn't really looked that good. Like, he's looked better, but still not good. Um, Joel Armia, I think he's fine, but he's not great. And Kakanyemi, he's fine, but not great. Um, I think Kakanyemi's certainly taking a big step forward, and he's, he's a lot better than he showed earlier in the season, but I don't think he's quite that, you know, the defensive force that Nick Suzuki or Philip Deneau might be right now. So I think if you're looking for the best matchup against the Habs, it would be the second line of Lawton, Hayes, and Konechny. Now the problem is, is Konechny's on the top power play unit, Hayes is on the second, and Lawton isn't even on the power play. So you're relying on um, broken goals or full line goals at even strength to get there. That's kind of tough, and they are kind of expensive. Mm-hmm. They come in over 15K. That's, you know, when you look at the prices across the board, Colorado's second line's under 15K. Arizona's second line's under 12. Um, Washington's second line is still cheaper, or cheaper the same price as Philly's second line. So, like, it's not that cheap. This isn't a filler stack. You can't put them with Colorado power play or Washington power play mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um It'll depend where else you want to go, whether you get to Philly too. But I do, I am going to have a, a few shares of them today because I think that's the best matchup uh, against the Habs right now is if you can avoid um, that top line, if you can avoid Deneau and, and Lekanen, if you can get up against um, Armia and Juan, I think that's where the, the Flyers are going to find success. So that's why um, I'm going with Philly too. On the Montreal side of things, like I'm not stacking the Habs. Uh, I just worry about line changes. The power play isn't good, so it's you could see a lot of swaps there, too. Um, I'm mostly focusing on the defensemen. Um, Jeff Petrie, I think, is still too, too cheap. He's under 5K. Uh, Brett Kulak, uh, if you need a punt, I don't mind him, because he he's been he's played well with Petrie. I thought that pairing's been good for them. Um, so I'm probably going to be focusing more on the defensemen for the Habs, and for the Flyers, it'll be mostly the second line maybe something like some one-off Van Riemsdyk. I I just have a hard time playing Montreal. Like, So I agree with you on Philadelphia 2. <clears throat> and like you look at their price compared to Montreal 1, they're more expensive. Um, and people will see Gallagher's name and Tatar and Suzuki in full power play correlation and just want to jam that in. But matchup against Couturier is like one of the worst in the NHL. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. one of the best two-way centers in all the NHL maybe one of the best uh, or he is one of the best uh, defensive centers as well. And it's not like, it's not like their defensemen are slack either. Right. No. Like a top pair of Provorov and Niskanen is a pretty good, it's, it's an intimidating top pair. So I'm with you. I'm pretty much out on, on Montreal too. Like uh, Montreal one, like I said, I don't think I'll be stacking the Habs other than, you know, some one-offs today. Yeah. So I'm not getting to close to where the field's at on Montreal one. Now there's always a chance that they're, you know they could get there, um, score a full line goal, and get something going on the power play. Uh, but you kind of need to know what you're going up against if you're looking to play Montreal one. I would kind of advise against. Yeah, a lot and, of them. and one thing I want to mention is I don't think we've gotten exactly what the problem is, but Brendan Gallagher's kind of looked injured 
in the first few in the in the play-ins like I forget if it was the first game or the second game he got crunched along the boards and he was kind of laboring and he took some shifts off and like he obviously finished and he played the rest of the games but um he's the type of guy that if he's not feeling right like he can't play because he doesn't bring anything else to the game other than size than his speed and toughness right and his grit and if he can't do what he normally does he's ineffective so like i i'm a little bit concerned about brendan gallagher that's why i'm that's another reason why i'm off the montreal top line i kind of want to see how he does be you know see how he looks um in a tough matchup before i play him but that's just at the same time going up against couturier i just almost automatically x out the players anyway it's just you know the possible injuries to cherry on top yeah um i i think i'm in agreement there I kind of have some interest in this third Philadelphia line as far as third lines go. Um, I mean, I, I like Ayue Kubel for 3,100. He's a guy who can score multiple goals as he did last game. Now, that's going to happen once every couple months. Uh, but if he's playing with Borchak and uh, Derek Grant, and that line is just like 12-6, 12-7, I want to say, uh, doing some quick mental math there. Uh, I think that's about as good as you're going to do for third lines today. And playing 150 lineups, I, I have to dip down into some of these. And, and that's what I'm getting to quite a bit. Yeah, I do like that line as well. Um, Obe Kubel's looked – he looked pretty good for them all year. And he's obviously looked good in the in the, in the uh, round robins with that two-goal game. Um, Derek Grant was a nice pickup for them. Like you said, if they move Vorchek – like Vorchek's not the guy that he was three or four years ago, but he's still a first-line two-way winger. If you can put him on the third line, um, that could tilt the matchups, especially if you get down to like going up against Victor Mete and Xavier Ouellette or something like that. Yeah. Philly's really scary the more we talk about them. I know they've been red hot going back I to mean, five months ago, but man. Yeah, and the thing is, like Shane Gostisbehere only got in one game in the round robin, but that one game he had two assists. And like I watched the whole game and he looked like, Shane Goss despair of a couple years ago like there's one specific play and it's one thing that he does often it's like he fakes a shot from the left point and then he climbs down the wall and he acts like a winger looking for a cross scene pass or maybe a drop back pass or something like that and I didn't see that a lot from a lot of that from him this year but I saw it two or three times in the one round robin game he played it looked like the Shane Goss despair of old now the problem is he won't be on the top power play unit. He might get some second power play time, but he's on the third pair. So maybe he only plays 15, 16, 17 minutes, something like that. So I'm not going to run out and say, you know, you got to get 20% Shane Goss to in your lineups, but I'm probably going to make sure I have at least one or two somewhere. Yeah. I know the announcers were uh, talking about how impressed Philadelphia, but like the coaching staff was with him. So maybe a little bit of a resurgence here for Goss to in these playoffs. Um, because he was a guy who, like, we played all the time uh, two or three years ago in NHL DFS. Like, he was the top power play guy. He was pricing, like, the five and six Ks every slate. Um, well, then, that's why, like, this year at the beginning of the season, it was like, oh, man, I can roster Gossespierre yeah. for 3,400. And it's like, man, well, man. here's your one block shot. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go to the last game of the slate. If you guys could help us out and hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate you being here. It helps us out a lot. It helps us grow the channel and uh, helps us get by the YouTube algorithm. Um, so 2.6 implied total for the Canucks, 2.8 for the Blues. Markstrom, 
and Bennington are going to be your goalies here. And uh, we're seeing Blues being pretty chalky. <clears throat> what do you What do you have to say about this one here? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the mind that Vancouver's not a very good five on five team. In fact, I think they're quite bad five on five, at least defensively. And Markstrom has really made up for it. Um, he's a good goalie. He played well this year. Played well, very well against Minnesota. Um, that's the scary thing from Vancouver. It's not their team defense. It's not their penalty kill specifically. It's Markstrom. Um, but like I mentioned yesterday, uh, like I'm not afraid of attacking good goalies. Um, obviously, it didn't work, work out with Chicago, but um, if you keep – if you're not afraid of attacking good goalies, you can get good players at low ownership because people will fade good goalies. Um, I don't know if Markstrom's quite to that level yet, but, you know, ownership will change, like we saw with the Cats this year, based on whether Braden Holtby was in net or not, right? Like, because Holtby was getting shelled almost every game. Um, so I'm in on the Blues, too. It's just a matter of which line. Uh, the top line for me, I, like, it sucks because they're going to be super chalky. But the top line for me is the clear favorite to pick, and it's because of the matchup. They're going to get the mm -hmm. horvat Erickson. uh Tanner Pearson matchup and that's the one you want the Pedersen Miller Besser line for all the offense that people talk about them they're probably the team's best defensive line as well um so I kind of want to avoid that um O'Reilly Perron is going to take that matchup against Pedersen so probably going to avoid that I don't have a problem with playing O'Reilly Perron uh, like I think they're probably about as good of an offensive line as the top line at least that's what they've been the last couple of years it's just I don't think it's a good matchup specifically um, so I'm going to go more towards Schwartz, Shen, Tarasenko. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention, I don't know if I mentioned this in one of our shows from the round Robins, uh, but Vladimir Tarasenko is playing both power play units. Now he's playing mm -hmm. the first and second unit. Um, it's, you know, we see that with Ovechkin in Washington, um, where Ovechkin just stays on the ice. Tarasenko was, uh, was doing the same thing in the round Robins. So, um, I don't want to say, you know, sometimes I say broken stacks, you can leave a guy off. I don't know if Tarasenko is going to be going to ever be a guy you want to leave off now. If he's playing both power play units and racking up, what, like six, seven power play minutes per game? Like, you don't want to leave that guy off your stack. So as chalky as, as it is, I do like St. Louis one, um, especially for the price. Um, when you consider the matchup, uh, it's just gold. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Tyler Myers. Um, he took seven minor penalties in the first round. Um, Vancouver was one of the most penalized teams uh, in the play-ins. Uh, they were close to the top 10 most penalized team this season. So maybe St. Louis can draw us four or five power plays here. That'd be nice. Um, so that's why that's another reason why I'm kind of on the Blues, specifically their, their power play guys. Uh, going down to the third line, I actually do like the Bozak Thomas blaze, mm -hmm. but it's, I don't know if it's something at three man. Um, I think it's more one of those where I duo Bozak and Thomas or duo, uh, Thomas and blaze or something like that. Um, yeah, obviously you can three man them if you're going super expensive, like Ovechkin and Carlson. And yeah. then you add in Nathan McKinnon as one off or something like that. Um, it's just that. I would probably do something more like Bozak Thomas with Pareko or something like that, or Bozak Thomas with Dunn, um, or even Bozak Thomas, Pitcher Angelo, because Pitcher Angelo would be on the ice a fair amount with him. Because I think 
just the one matchup you want to avoid from Vancouver is that second line, which is why I'm out on O'Reilly Perron. If you can go up against, you know, for Tannen and Sutter, or who I don't even know who's on the fourth line for Vancouver, like Beagle and whomever. Um, I think that's where that third line can do some uh, can do some damage. Robert Thomas, I think, is just going to be. He's. I think he's blossoming into a star. He reminds me of a little a slower Braden Point. Um, I think he's that good. I think he's that good offensively already. He's just being hidden on the third line of of a very good team. Um, so I do like Bozak, Thomas, Blaze. Some mix two out of the three. I don't think I'm going to three man stack them um, as a filler mix. I do like St. Louis one quite a bit. So I'm, they're going to be one of my more popular stacks today. Um, on the Vancouver side of things, I just I hate. I hate stacking against the blues. It's just good goaltending, slow pace. Um, you're pretty much relying on luck. So I'm not in too heavy on Vancouver today. Uh, Bo Horvat is a one-off favorite for me because uh, he always comes in a way, 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 way lower ownership than like Pedersen or JT Miller because he's by himself on the top line on the top power play unit, but he does score power play goals. I think he got double digits this year and double digits last year. So um Somebody will correct me on that, obviously, if I'm mistaken. Uh, but Horvat can finish on the power play. So he is a, a one-off for me that I'm using today. Um, other than that, uh, it's probably just going to be Horvat Markstrom from the Canucks for me. Uh, top line St. Louis, third line St. Louis stacks on the other side. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of St. Louis. I think they're awesome. Um, but playing the way I play, a lot of three-man stacks, and I think you can go with the three-man stack of St. Louis three but you're going to be paying up. So uh, you might think you're being sneaky playing Washington 1 with Carlson and then St. Louis 1 and whatever the best value defenseman is, but you're probably going to be duped, which isn't something that uh, you should be doing too often. Um, St. Louis 1, yeah, that that's my favorite line here, but ownership's a thing, and ownership <laughs> is telling me kind of to not – go there as often so i'm about half the field um on st louis one they're gonna be a very popular filler and it stinks to not have as much of the field on them because i think it's a good spot but um i think there's other lines that might not be in as good of spots that are getting way 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 lower ownership um so it's like the value thing we talk about in in event-based sports with mlb you see the cheap chalk team uh popular all the time um, because they're good value, but you need to score goals at the end of the day. And St. Louis won their numbers at five on five actually aren't as good as I thought. Um, they just play so slow and similar to St. Louis two. So I think if I, but St. Louis two comes, uh, comes at half the ownership. So if this holds up, then I may get to the field on St. Louis two. but right now we're showing like Perron in the mid teens and he's my highest on St. Louis guy right now. And he's at, I've got him at 10%. Um, no, highest owned forward. I've got a bunch of Petrangelo uh, one-offs and with stacks. Um, but yeah, it's just good spot for St. Louis. But I don't know how often they put up like three or four goals here. They just might just grind this game to a halt. And uh, that's the thing I always worry about with them. I, I agree with you on that. I just think it's a really, really good matchup. That's That's the flip side for me is that this isn't St. Louis, you know, hosting Columbus or Minnesota or something like that. This is St. Louis hosting a team that's just uh, marginally better than Chicago defensively. You know what I mean? So um, 
Yeah, maybe not that bad. I wonder if people still- will just overthink it, and maybe that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, and they'll just, like, St. Louis 1 and 2 will just end up being, like, 12% apiece. I, I, I think you'll probably see them... I think you'll see St. Louis 1 quite a bit higher on okay. just because of the, of the power play correlation, right? Like, a lot of people... Like, people aren't going to run out to roster Sammy Blaze, but I, I do think they're going to be relatively close. Like, I wouldn't be surprised... If Shen comes in at like twenty two percent, and then O'Reilly comes in at like fifteen, sixteen, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that wouldn't shock me in the least. Yeah, that's not that's not that appealing to me uh, on a four game slate. I'm fine playing Chalk Nathan McKinnon at thirty percent here, but just a team that plays this slow, I, it feels like um, if I go heavy here, which I'm not going to, that I just end up rooting for one goal in the third period in a one zero game. I, I just can't stay in St. Louis. Trust me, man. After watching the St. Louis Blues all year, you'll be rooting for one shot. (laughs) They're just so slow. Uh, On the other side, Vancouver won. This is another one. Or uh, I'm sorry, the Pedersen line. It should be specific here. They're they're two some places. They're one elsewhere. They're one on the screen. The Pedersen line, really brutal matchup against O'Reilly. This is another one where if I'm playing limited lineups tonight, I wouldn't have a piece of, of them at all. Um... I know St. Louis looked bad, but that's really the only thing that you could talk yourself into for this being a, a better matchup than what it looks like to me. So, um, 150, I rarely X people out. Uh, I usually just limit them to like a couple lineups out of 150. That's probably what's going to happen here with Vancouver one, and I'm not sure I'm going to even get to any of them. Um, just a miserable spot against O'Reilly, and then I agree on on Horvat. His line mates aren't great, but he still does a good job of generating offense. And uh, if you wanted to just one-off him, by all means, fifty-eight hundred is a fine price. It's it's just that it's just a one-off power play goal for a guy that's going to come in. I'm assuming low single digits. Yeah, he will. So um, that's all. <clears throat> any other defensemen? Are you playing Quinn Hughes? Uh, Alex Edler is pretty cheap on Fanduel. He's a guy I got to quite a bit um and then i like petrangelo he's not quite at carlson level for me or, or even mccarr but he's probably going to be in 20 ish percent of my lineups even though i'm low on the st louis stacks yeah I, i'm probably like petrangelo is going to be in with my st louis stacks not all of them some of them um i usually play some one-off justin fall just because that's a guy that just fires a shot indiscriminately, and he's always a threat for the five-shot on goal bonus, mm-hmm. even though he never gets within 50 feet of the net. Just shoots uh, it right into the shins. <laughs> or, so, or 20 feet wide. hope he can avoid some shin pads and hit some goalie pads today. <laughs> uh, but he's a guy I just automatically put in – not automatically, usually put in uh, lineups uh, <laughs> kind of as a one-off. Sometimes uh, Chris Tanev is a guy that's always on my radar because he's a block bonus threat every single game but like you mentioned with st louis they're not a super high paced team like is he gonna block three out of 24 shots 25 shots on goal um so chris tanev's i don't know if he's gonna be in my lineups but he's usually on my radar um it's gonna be mostly petrangelo and and some justin falk Uh, i do have interest in markstrom though um just because he's he's in the mid price range um so goalies you know lineups where i need a goalie 74 75 7600 he's the guy that's going to fit for me fair enough uh, are there any 
punt defenseman that you're looking at, like in the sub 3K range, we haven't really mentioned any of those guys. I was having trouble finding any I'm comfortable with. Um, man, it it's pretty bad. Cheap. Yeah, I mean the one the one guy that always jumps out to me is uh, Nick Jensen, just because I think he's a good puck mover. Um, Twenty five hundred. Just because. There you go. Yeah, just because I think he's a good puck mover, but he's not a peripherals guy. So for him to get there, he needs he probably needs a goal. He, like he needs to get on the score sheet. He can't, he probably won't do it through shots and blocks. So um, Nick Jensen is a guy that that's usually on my list. Uh, I think Nikita Zadorov is min price as well. And he's either on the second or third pair for Colorado. But honestly, I usually say to anybody that asks if you, if I have a $2,500 defense when I'm using today, I'm like, are they in the lineup? Like that's pretty <laughs> much it. If you're rostering a $2,500 defenseman, you can't be like, Oh, what's the great matchup here. It's like, mm-hmm. is the guy in the lineup? That's all that matters. Yeah. It's it's a punt for a reason. Yeah, Zadorov was a guy I got to uh, sprinkled throughout my lineups when I needed a, a min salary guy, but the minutes are always the question with him. It's yeah, it's slim pickings down here, even more so than usual is what I noticed. Uh, you want to quick give your? Uh, well, actually, let's talk about Yahoo really quick. Uh, Yahoo's making it much easier to play multiple lineups. They're the sponsor of the show. That's why. We are talking about them, and because they're offering some no-management fee tournaments. We're playing PGA tomorrow, or even if you're not, a uh, good reason to play over on Yahoo. They've got a 25 uh, $0.25 cent no-management fee tournament. They've also got the $3, 10 max, just 30 bucks. You can play uh, management fee free uh, on other sites. They call that rake. Yahoo calls it management fees. So it's the same thing we're talking about. They're not taking anything. Everything that gets put into the, the tournament by the entry, uh, the entrance uh, comes out. So if you want to join uh, Yahoo, use promo code Osmo to get up to thirty bucks in Yahoo Sports rewards points. Come take some of my money. I'm playing some NHL stuff. Uh, I got a couple lineups over there. So feel free, take my money. Uh, I think I started a player that wasn't playing yesterday, trying to swap out all my DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. <laughs> so uh, even more incentive than uh, the low management fees over on Yahoo. Predictions for any of these series? Any hot takes? Uh, I don't have a lot of hot takes. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, I had the Islanders going over Washington in six, and I had Colorado sweeping. I had Philly going over in seven, I believe, and St. Louis in, like, five. I honestly think, like, I honestly think Montreal can beat Philly, and I know I'm a Montreal fan. Yeah, I know I'm a Montreal fan, so kind of, <laughs> kind of looks homerish. Um, but we've said it all along. Montreal's a good five-on-five team. They just need Carey Price to not suck, and they need to stay out of the penalty box. So if Carey Price can keep playing like he did against the Penguins, and their five-on-five is kind of the same, um, I think they could give Philly a tough test here. Beyond that, uh, not a whole lot. Uh, just wanted to mention. Uh, some one-offs I'm looking at today. I usually like to make a list of one-off players um, that are in different lines, whether it's a power play or, or a good spot or a good match that I try to get in. So there are a handful of guys. Brock Nelson, Jacob Verona, Connor Garland, uh, Junas Donskoy, Gisperi Kakaniemi, Joel Farabee, Robert Thomas, Bo Horvat. 
the, among those players is where a lot of my forward one-offs are going to come tonight. And I'm going to have a lot of, not a lot, I'm going to have a pretty fair split between Carter Hart and Carey Price, I think. That, right. I like it. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have quite a bit of my goaltending come out of that game. I like it. Uh, I got uh, I got the Capitals in seven here. Um, I don't, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Just thinking about players that I want to see play more. I'd like to see Ovi move on. <laughs> it's, Jake's it's watchability guide. What's that? Jake's watchability guide. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody that's exciting to watch, I think Colorado dusts Arizona here. Uh, probably four games, like you mentioned, or five. And then uh, I'll take Philly, but I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be just a, like Montreal's going to be a pushover here. If they can stay out of the penalty box, they could be uh, they could compete here. So I'll go Philadelphia in six, and then uh, St. Louis probably in seven. I just, I'm, you know, I like the Vancouver fans, but I've, the last couple days, it's just ever since they beat Minnesota, you're getting a little big for your britches, boys. I want to see You're talking about Nolan, aren't you? Well, that's one of them. (laughs) Uh, I just want to, I just want to see Vancouver. Like, I I enjoy watching them, but let's slow our roll here. Um, They're not a dynasty yet. All right. Not a dynasty yet. That is the kind of analysis that we offer here on the NHL DFS strategy show. We will have another show tomorrow. Cliffy, are you, are you going to be on that one? I think I am. Yeah. All right. Wonderful. Well, we'll see you guys back here in uh 23 ish hours. Good luck on today's slate. Get in slack uh, for that Carlson news. It's going to come out a half hour before lock and good luck, everybody. Good luck.